0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to The Bear of Texas Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of The Bear of Texas Podcast. This is The Bear of Texas coming to you live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back my good friend, Wiley, aka The Venomous Stare. Wiley, welcome to the show.
0: Well, it was the perfect episode for me to return on as the Cowboys have exposed themselves as frauds who can neither win, they can't, they can't win well, they can't lose well, they can't do anything right, these guys are a joke. And even just talking about them in the intro makes me crack up, that's how laughable they are.
1: Hey fucking to that. And you know what, this dreadful day comes less than 24 hours after it's announced that Kellen Moore is staying put.
0: Well, Alex, that's just terrible news for Cowboys fans because essentially what we've seen from Kellen Moore is he's taken some of the most incredible weapons in the league with an incredibly talented line and driven them into obscurity. And he hasn't really shown any creativity or any signs of improvement. He's been being a fraud for two years now. He's been screwing the pooch. He's been underperforming. He's a big reason why the Cowboys can never have sustained success. And it's very vexing to watch him call an offense that has so much talent into having so few points.
1: Well said. And uh, what's salt to the wound? A multi year extension. Great.
0: Well a lot of people were speculating that he would leave Du Boise State because there's sort of been some openings in that coaching department. And if you remember he basically made his bones in that Oklahoma game, the was it the uh, like the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl? It was one of those top four college football games back when they did the BCS, and he was the guy that handed off the patch with the uh, Statue of Liberty play and won them the game. So that's essentially the only reason anyone knows who he is.
1: I think it was that Fiesta Bowl in 2009 against TCU. I don't remember.
0: No, it was. they were definitely playing Oklahoma. I just can't remember what bowl it was called. Oh, whatever it was. It was one of those top four ones. It was an important one. But that's the only reason why Kelly Moore got the job, and that's why he would go back to Boise State. If you weren't aware, which unfortunately he's not.
1: Yeah, so much for that. It's humiliating that we lost to a horrible, pathetic New York Giants team. Couldn't do anything from the get-go. The defense lets allows the opening uh, drive touchdown. Andy Dalton, you know, is terrible right from the beginning. Nothing went right in the, in, the, in the first half, and that's what came us, came back to bite us. We could have won this game. We should have won this game, goddammit. But right Very from the get-go, wonderful. they have their heads right up their ass, and it's costly.
0: Well, there are a few things you have to consider in this game. A, the secondary tackling was abominable. And I remember one play in particular where a defensive back met with the player receiving a swing pass and was driven back multiple yards by a small receiver until he eventually slung him out of bounds after they got the first down. That play sticks out in my mind. And in general, the defense just consistently shows that they cannot pass rush effectively. People hype up Demarcus Lawrence because of his name, but he's done next to nothing and has no help. Van Der Esch and Smith are just average And just disgustingly so, unfortunately, Smith is pretty much, or uh, Van is just one injury away from his career being over at all times, so the Cowboys' defense looks terrible, and if you recall from what I said from the earlier episodes, I would always tease that even if the Cowboys sneak into the playoffs undeserved, they're not going to be able to do any damage because their defense is so bad. And whoever wins this NFC, whether it be, you know, I mean, the three other awful teams, The crux of the issue is that they have to play Tampa, and really none of these teams stand a chance against Tampa.
1: I don't know what's more embarrassing, okay? The fact that there's a a high chance that later today, a team without a a fucking name that has a losing record is going to the the NFC East. That's two fucking wounds, Wiley, okay? A losing record and not having a goddamn name wins the fucking NFC least.
0: Well, look at the other teams. Philly is just as much of a joke as Dallas, and they can't get out of their own way. And then you have, hilariously, the Eagles are even... The Eagles are horrible and can't get out of their own way, but, I mean, the Washington is probably the biggest joke organization in all of football, if you look at it, just from a wide perspective. And uh, the fact that they're going to win this division with a losing record doesn't absolve them of being bad, so I don't want to hear any of that. And the Giants, of course, are famously horrible. Both New York teams, New York City teams, have taken a quarterback that everyone spent years and years slurping, and now they're basically saying that they're tired of them and want them out, both uh, Darnold and Danny Dimes. So it was hilarious and very upsetting that the Cowboys would lose through that disgrace of a Giants team, but this is a Giants team that pretty much can only root to revel in the Cowboys' failure because they're just never a contender.
1: Check this out. You want to talk about facts? Here's a fact. You know, previously before this game, in their last four games before this one, in the first half, they had only scored six points in the last four games. In this game against Dallas, they scored twenty fucking points. Another more salt rubbed into the wound, Wiley. Now it's stinging really hard. I'm screaming. I'm losing my fucking mind, dude.
0: Well, I'm listening. What's the other fact?
1: Oh, you want to hear more facts? Okay, here's one.
0: Yeah, let's hear uh, it. At
1: one point, 29 yards on 20 plays. That's an average of one and a half yard per play.
0: Well, I think if you're going to talk about the Cowboys offense, the real culprit you have to focus on is Zeke Elliott. This guy is a bona fide fraud. This guy is someone who got the big money and immediately stopped trying his best. I think he finished the year with six touchdowns. He was just an abominably bad player. A selfish player and someone who really doesn't deserve to wear the blue and silver of the Cowboys. So if you think why the offense is bad people are just gonna love to say Dak. The hardcore Cowboy fan is always going to sort of like pick the most easy to blame dismissive excuse because it sort of makes them feel better. It's called a cope. and they're just gonna say well the Cowboys are only bad because Dak got hurt. There are deep underlying issues with this Cowboys team that we've been speaking about all season And this is why next year, no matter who the quarterback is, they're probably going to be pretty damn bad. There's not really a name out there that they could sign that's going to bring them to a Super Bowl because the defense has deteriorated to the point of laughing at them constantly. They're just a complete clown show. And the offensive line has also gotten way worse. So those are two things that take a long time to build up. The casual fan doesn't realize it's sort of difficult to consistently hit on these high draft picks of offensive linemen and build around that because you sort of forsake star talent for a while, and people who hated Romo didn't realize that. Unfortunately, Romo was too injury-prone, but that's just sort of how it worked out, and we have a handful of viewers of Dak now, which is just a big steaming pile of nothing.
1: You know, speaking of the average Cowboys fan, the average Cowboys fan is super delighted that Kellen Moore is staying because they are fully convinced that now that Kellen Moore is going nowhere, that means Dak Prescott is going to get paid. What's the point of trying to explain it to him? They will not fucking get it, Wiley. They will not fucking get it.
0: Well, we've th- done the. We've done the Dak discussion on the show a bunch, but we might as well rehash it a bit for the new viewer. I know you have a lot of new downloads out there, but Dak Prescott is not this team's answer. This is the short version. He's a very inaccurate passer. His leadership qualities are overrated, and the thing that the Dak defender could really hang their hat on up until this point was his quote-unquote toughness because he hadn't missed a game, and he got severely injured this year. So not only is there a factor of, well, he has an injury history, but there's also a factor of he might not be the same because it was such a grotesque injury. So that's another point against Dak. And the thing that jumps out at me was how awful the team looked even when he was healthy. Dak defenders love to sort of forget all the bad stuff and pretend that the only reason that Dak loses is because of his teammates, because of what they see at the end of the game with the empty passing yards. But what actually happens is this. Dak Prescott runs up a bunch of empty passing yards in garbage time and makes his final line look way better than he actually played, and he makes the score look a touchdown closer than it was. And he's a drive killer with his maddening inconsistency. His mobility is sort of overrated. He's not a guy that's going to gash your defense on the ground. He's a rather uninspired player. Can't throw the deep ball. Can't throw the short ball. Can't throw the medium ball. What do you call that? It's called the garbage quarterback. But you'll have people defend Dak because they like him or like his story. Alex, this is a guy that was offered the second highest money for quarterbacks and turned it down. Imagine being that arrogant, ha- having won as little as Dak and accomplished as little as Dak and have the reputation that Dak does and still think that no s- second most money. You know, better than all these god-tier, like, literal future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, not good enough. I have to have number one. It's ridiculous. And for the people that sat there and said, like, oh, what a shame, Jerry's such a jerk for not signing him long-term. They just completely missed out on the fact that he did try, and Dak turned his nose up at it.
1: Thank you, Wiley, because I swear on my grandfather's graves, l- grave, Lord knows how many times times I've tried to explain this to those fans. They just say, you are full of shit. Oh, am I? Okay, because you know what? 90% of DAX supporters, they were Romo haters. I swear. Oh, yeah. Okay? Absolutely. You know what? How could you fucking be satisfied with the possibility of, p- of dumping $40 million a year against a guy that's really not that damn good, okay? Fine, he has good games every now and then. But that's the key, every now and then. We need a guy that has good games often. That is not Dak Prescott, okay? And the fact is, he has a habit of making unnecessary risks, okay? If there's three guys running at him, rather than just go down and, and, and just take the sack without getting hurt, he tries to run. Not only does he get sacked, but what happens to the ball, Wiley?
0: On the turf, he's also a ridiculously inaccurate passer, which is the one that really gets me. I've never watched an NFL quarterback miss wide-open crossing routes just by throwing it three feet behind someone on forced error or at their feet when no one was even pressuring him. That's what gets me, is because he doesn't really have, like, oh, he's got the cannon arm where he can go deep or, oh, he's got the Michael Vick-type running. He doesn't really have anything but marketability and a you really grenade away a lot of your marketability whenever you <laughs> sit there and think that you're better than Tom Brady and deserve more money than him. That's ridiculous. So Dak to me, he's a fan that he's a player that idiot fans will defend. And the same fan who will watch a game where Tony Romo throws three touchdowns and a ton of yards and is keeps the team in it the whole way but then has to go for a crazy play and throws an interception on the two-minute drill. And they'll wrongly say, oh, that was all Romo's fault when he was the only reason they were in the game in the first place. That same fan will watch a Dak game where maybe Michael Gallup drops a ball or Zeke doesn't do something. Meanwhile, Dak's playing below average the whole time. And then whenever the team is out of it the whole time and Dak throws a couple garbage-time touchdowns, the defense gives them the idiot fans to see... Dak was right there. He was about to bring him back. And it's just very funny to sort of consider how, like, the most casual fan might consider what happens at the end of the game to mean more than the first three quarters.
1: You know, Dak has had several things that Tony Romo did not have. For the majority of his career, Tony Romo never had an offensive line that could protect him. He even have a defense that could bail him out or that could help him out, okay?
0: True. Okay. This is and- the best line in football too. Let's yes. not o- undersell what Dak had. He literally had the best line in football, and you have to consider there were like no really transitional weak points. He didn't have like how Terrence Steele is this year where he's like a disaster and he might improve. That was never happening to Dak. He had guys like Doug Free who were phenomenal at the beginning of his career, and those guys retired and were insta replaced by top tier talent. Whereas Romo, it was a constant struggle of maybe he would have one really good lineman, one decent sort of serviceable ones, and then like a lot of question marks and a lot of people that were complained about, and rightfully so.
1: And this dude broke his back several times for the team, and he still got fucking ridiculed. You know I am not afraid to admit it. I am a Romo supporter. Tony Romo was really the guy who really cared about the team. He never made it difficult to sign, okay, and he was always more than willing to take pay cuts, okay. Dak Prescott is not that kind of guy, for okay. And as Wiley mentioned, okay, and as we mentioned several times on on this show, he was offered several deals. He soured on all of them. So for you to go out there and say the Dallas Cowboys failed Dak Prescott, you are out of your fucking mind. You're you're stupid to say that, dude. It was, like Wiley just mentioned, the second highest offer, he pissed on it, okay? No, Dak okay, the Cowboys did not screw Dak Prescott. If it comes to the point where Dak Prescott's gone, the Cowboys did not screw Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott screwed Dak Prescott. And Wiley, you know this. From everything we've said, we've said this before, I I received a death threat, okay? And if you want to know the truth, I don't give a fuck. I am not scared. Okay, If I got a death threat for telling the truth, you know what? That means I'm doing my my damn job. I went to school and I learned how to research and actually tell the facts. That's journalism for you. And if that guy out there is listening, you know what? Send all the death threats you want. You don't scare me. You know what? You're the coward because you're hiding behind a screen and you won't say it to my face.
0: Well, shout out to Richard Lewis because, as he knows, the journalists who have a very strident and holistic commitment to the truth will often get comments like that. But to throw it back to Dak Prescott... One thing that the Dak Prescott fan never really considers is that you brought up a pay cut. No one's asking Dak to take a pay cut. This isn't like a Dirk Davinsky scenario where he takes less money than he has earned to try to win. This is actually sort of the opposite, where a player who is attempting to be overpaid by an idiot owner turns down the contract that would actually hurt the team because of his absurd greed. So you say... Well, yeah, he's not taking a pay cut. Well, it's, like, way worse than that. Like, they actually tried to overpay him, and he turned his nose up at it. So, hes I think he's kind of, like, a disgusting person, the, the amount of greed that he showed. I mean, someone offers you a position to play quarterback on America's team. You haven't done shit. You've taken, basically, what's, like, the NFL offense equivalent of a Lamborghini, and you've run it up a telephone pole for three years— and someone wants to pay you the second most in the league to keep doing that. And you go, no. By the way, I came from a trailer park. I came from nothing. Feel bad for me. And It's like, how are you going to have that image? Oh, Mr. Wholesome Dat came from nothing. You know, I mean, how bad could it have been? Second most money for a quarterback in the NFL in a state where the taxes aren't as bad as a lot of other states. Still wasn't enough for him. So you can take that narrative and ramming up your box NFL films. I ain't hearing that shit anymore. I mean,
1: I I mean, quite frankly, okay, yeah, how you br- bring up the perspective, you know, where he grew up, okay? How many you know how many players grew up with nothing? I mean, the list goes from Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, tons I, of them. Michael Vick too. You know, okay, it's just an old school lame excuse, me, man. I don't remember those guys ever using that excuse, you know, after having bad games or saying I deserve this money because of that. Those guys would just take the money they offered because they knew that it was more than enough to take care of themselves and their families. Okay, it's more money that they have. It's it's for the opportunities they never had as a kid. Okay, and yeah, and you know what? And I know you're absolutely right. It's far worse than not taking a pay cut, but. I guess the point I'm trying to say is that if he cared, if he wanted to help be a team uh, player, he would he would ask for less money, be, and he would explain, "Well, because we have to resign these guys, we need." To- I, to- I
0: totally see the point you yeah. were making. Yeah, I was just pointing out the difference between like the, the idea of taking a pay cut is like a player gets less money than they really should to try to win. This was not that. Like he was just like way more. T- it was just. I mean, you know, I explained it pretty thoroughly. We don't need to harp on it and I do know what you mean he didn't show selflessness like those guys like Dirk and as far as his upbringing goes the only reason I bring it up is because this is a story that we have trotted out ad nauseum. this is a story that gets told every single time it gets mentioned anecdotally on broadcast and this is a guy who even the mainstream commentators not like, you know, we're not talking like Brad Sham voice of the Cowboys. We're talking like Normie broadcast, Joe Buck on Fox late at night. He's got to bring up his brother. He's got to bring up his mom. It's Dak Prescott's sob story and everyone's invited. And to me, it's not like, oh, you you grew up poor, so you should be happy with what you get. It's like we hear the stories about how selfless he is, how he came from nothing, how oh, he's such a good selfless person and it's like he does these very greedy actions that i mean that are and like they're absurdly greedy. This is a guy who is legitimately not a top 15 quarterback if you want to go down the list. He's not top 15 and number 2 money. No, that's not good enough. He has to have number 1 money. I don't have I don't feel bad for the guy at all. I you know who i feel bad for? Cowboy fans that are going to have to watch more Dak Prescott led football. Because it's going to suck. And his hard ceiling is like the second round of the playoffs. Dak Prescott will never make it past the second round of the playoffs. And with this defense and the offensive line quickly decaying, it's going to be even hard to get into the playoffs. Don't let the fact that the Cowboys were quote-unquote one game away fool you. This was not a playoff-worthy team. And these sort of weird aberrations that came into the season of Every team in the NFC East not only being bad, but underperforming. Don't let that make you think that, like, well, what do you mean? The Cowboys were so close to the playoffs this year. The Cowboys were almost like a trivia question answer. What fraudulent 2020 NFC East team made the playoffs with six wins? And you're just sitting there floored. With seven wins, I guess it would have been. But, like, disgusting. Absolutely Disgusting. And that's really, I think, what we have to focus on as far as like the season wrap-up goes is the Cowboys showed a little bit of promise at the beginning but were clearly bad and flawed, especially defensively. Dad got hurt, the wheels came off, and it looked like they should tank, and then they teased us by winning at the end of the season but couldn't even win the game that put them in contention. For the playoff spot. And remember Washington still has to lose guys. Which considering when they're recording this. The game will have probably ended. By the time you see this. But the point is, is the Cowboys didn't control their own destiny. They couldn't even give their fans hope. And they couldn't give their fans a good draft pick either. It was just frankly an abomination of a season.
1: Uh- Actually, uh, let me go back. You say you feel bad for cowboy fans. I think what, we, what you should say is you feel bad for the cowboy fans that are that are just like you and me that actually understand what we're saying. Yeah, I'll feel bad for those fans. But those fans who are always cheering for uh, for Dak, and then you know he gets he gets paid, he gets like two money trucks dumped on him, and you know they're cheering. He has a bad game. They're saying, "Oh, well, it's not his fault. He's human." I'm like, I'm not gonna feel bad for those fans. Absolutely the, 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 not.
0: You're right in one sense. The vocal DAC defenders and the people sending death threats, I don't feel bad for those people at all. They get what they deserve. But there are, like, just your normie, casual cowboy fans. Think, like, maybe people over 45, maybe someone like your mother or someone who don't know a lot about football. I still feel bad for those people that after the way the Romo era ended, very, like, sadly and on a down note, that they're going to be subject to probably like another half decade of losing. Like, I don't wish ill upon those people just because they don't know what a run-pass option is and couldn't pick Sean McVay out of a lineup. There are there are casual, casual Cowboy fans who are not obnoxious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But to wrap up the Dak Prescott uh, section of this uh, episode is... Dak Prescott should not be brought back. If he f- signs a franchise, then fine, whatever. I don't care. If he does you not, should. if he doesn't want to accept that, then he has to hit the bricks. I mean, enough is enough. They were more than reasonable to him. He wants to continue playing this crap, you know, of, of being greedy. You know, enough is enough. All right. He obviously does not want to negotiate. He doesn't want to do business. Well, then you move on. Okay, you move on. And if you're lucky, you draft a quarterback in the in the in the first round.
0: Well, I agree with you. And the, of course, the Cowboy wet dream is they trade the farm for Trevor Lawrence. Like, the, maybe they offload the Zeke contract, go with Pollard, and give up a bunch of draft picks and go for Lawrence. But that's a pipe dream. I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately, like, Jacksonville is going to get him and kind of waste him, I bet. But better than New York getting him and wasting him. To reiterate a point that I said on the episode right after Dak got hurt, I said that even though I disliked Dak, it was absolutely terrible to see him get hurt. Not just because, like, oh, it's an injury and that's what you're supposed to say, but because what would have occurred was Dak would have had a shitty season. Dak would have gone an entire season playing poorly, and then that would have basically made it where Dallas Cowboy fans who were like idiot Dak defenders would have seen like okay like this is how Dak looks without a Pro Bowl line well the worst thing possible happened like right whenever he was being exposed he had like a gruesome injury thus like ending, ending his ability to expose himself which is just tragic. And even here's, I said this on the old episode too. Even if you're the biggest Dak hater in the world, like a enemy and spirited person to boot, him, you still have to dislike him getting injured because you would, you have to would have believed, and like the evidence showed you that with the games you saw, specifically the Chicago Bear game, you would have seen Dak fail, and that would have actually been the best chance for him to not come back to Dallas was a season of failure. But instead. We got a season of sympathy, which is just the worst.
1: It sure is. But now we're done talking about Dak. But we got to talk. Okay, we talked about Zeke already, and you made it p- clear, just like that. You know, if they can try to restructure the contract, I say go for it. But I, I don't think it's gonna happen because I know there's no way in hell Zeke is, is ever gonna do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's I, a pipe dream. You yeah, gave a guy, yeah. you gave a guy a big moneyed contract, and he's quit. The only thing that fixes this is coaching and maybe winning, but uh, I'm not sure about the winning. I think it's really coaching. I don't know if you got to bring in a big Dallas Green. <laughs> you have to bring in a big Dallas Green type figure to get in his face and scream at him and motherfuck him, but who knows? Maybe you do need a guy like that to really rattle Zeke and pull him by the septum and remind him that he has to earn his money. But... They did sign the contract. It's a pipe dream to say, like, well, it was a really terrible contract and he's not trying. Like, what are we going to do? Hey, yo, Zeke, we, we see that you uh, clearly don't give a shit and you're not trying. Can you, like, take less money? He's like, dude, the only reason I'm not trying is because I got all the money. Like, of course that's not going to happen. So you're going to have to figure out a way to motivate Zeke or trade him. I think that's, like your second-best option because the restructuring will literally never happen because it's not like he blew his knee out and then like blew his knee out again the next year without playing a single snap. Like He's literally just not trying, which is a pro- direct result of the contract. So Zeke is a huge issue because as much payroll as he's eating up and as much of a problem as the quarterback position is, You really need Zeke to go back to 20 to 30 carries a game, 120 plus yards, and at least a touchdown, and be sort of a threat out of the backfield. That's really what the Cowboys are going to need to be a threat next year. Someone might be saying, 120 yards, isn't that a little high? Remember what I just said, for the Cowboys to be a threat next year, Zeke can show up and run for 60 yards a game, get stuffed and quit a bunch, pull himself out. Get a touchdown every three games. Guess what? The Cowboys will win six or less games. But in order for the Cowboys to be decent, Zeke has to eat. Because they paid him to do that. It's not like uh, drafting a a rookie running back and he's just not very good. It's a way more significant blow than that. Because of the extremely just sort of gratuitous and disgusting contract they gave him. So cowboys have to fix zeke we have to get the line healthy slash semi rebuilt people say like rebuild the line almost like it's nothing like rebuilding the line is like fucking rebuilding the titanic it's like a multi-year process so you have to you have to like supplement the line like you still have big tyron smith he can't stay healthy and you have like a couple other pieces but maybe you can get Terrence Steele to work. I think he's shown some improvement, but you don't want to be in a position where you don't improve on the line at all for two years. And then it's like, Oh wow. We like don't have any line at all. And then like, you really, you're really fucked. Cause then you, you then like, you're going to be horrible and you can't even bring in a top tier quarterback prospect without him getting David card. So like, you can't let the line decay to that point. You have to build.
1: Yes, and but as far as Zeke goes, look, I don't want to give up on the guy because I was excited when we got him. Look, I'm not really happy with him. I mean, I am disappointed because it is true that you know there's a lot of quitting. But you know, if he makes a, if you were in the next few days, he were to make a promise that he comes back next year, I'm not gonna go on Twitter and say, oh, he's a liar. He just wants everybody off his back. Look, we don't know that. Okay, look. Zeke is not a bad person. I mean, it's not like he's—he's he's not the kind of guy who's been arrested numerous times for doing all this shit. So he's not a bad person. So I have no reason to hate him or to give up on him, okay? But he's got to understand. Look, you're getting paid, dude. You gotta give the Cowboys what they paid you for, man. Because believe me, at this young age, if—if—if if, if, if it makes you feel good that you're getting away with this crap, believe me, when you get older and you have kids, you're trying to motivate them to work hard. That this—this this scenario is gonna haunt you. So if the, my advice to Zeke is look. I believe you, dude. I know you want to get better, but what you should do, obviously, you should, you know, stay in shape. You know, come back, come back in better shape than you ever were. Go to mini camp, even if it's volunteer, dude. Go to everything, dude. You gotta prove it, man. And I, and, and you know, and I want to believe you, but it's not that I don't believe you right now, but I don't believe you. It's because I don't know what to believe, especially when it comes to the Cowboys. I mean, you don't even know what to believe, right?
0: Well, you can just use the eye test to see he doesn't give a fuck. I mean, let's be real for a moment. The guy is out there blatantly not trying. I see the point you're trying to make of like, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and good for you. But we've seen 16 games of Zeke mailing it in and quitting just like he did in that Denver game three years ago. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to the audience and be like, well, you know, if Zeke, if like Zeke just really like buckles down, like I think that coaching is going to have to like, someone has to have like a heart to heart with Zeke or the team has to be really good and. He has to, like, care about winning, or maybe his contract year has to come up for him to start trying again, but he's very clearly coasting. And, you know, regardless of why that is, I think that's very obvious that he's not playing up to his potential and is not running with the same ferocity we saw early on. This is a guy that got paid early on in his career. This isn't like an old, done man who's just had it. Like, he's still very young.
1: Well, what you say is true, and it's, like I said, if he, thinks, if he thinks he's going to get away with it now, I mean, believe me, it's going to come back to bite him. But if I'm going to talk about somebody who really deserved to be paid, it was Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper obviously did not have the best year, but Amari Cooper is, without a doubt, the dude who deserved to be paid. And what I'm really proud to say, Wiley, is that he did not make it difficult at all.
0: Yeah, and he chose us over the skins. I'm glad they got him, and he wasn't great this year, but... It wasn't really his fault, and I think having Cooper on the team makes the team better, so I'm in agreement with you there.
1: Look, Amari Cooper, the problem is, okay, if you, if you give him a quarterback that can throw that is very accurate, that can actually throw the ball well and connect him with them well, believe me, Amari Cooper could be the best receiver in the league. Obviously, he's not going to catch every ball, I mean, of course, every receiver has drops every year, I mean, Randy Moss, you know, all of them, look, despite their potential, but... And which, which brings me to C.D. Lamb. You know, I'm I'm gonna admit, you know, C.D. Lamb really, I, I liked what he did. I mean, obviously he made mistakes, but you know he's a rookie. You know, obviously today against the Giants, you know that that he made that drop, you know, right before that interception, which was you know so bad. But you know, but I think C.D. I think C.D. Lamb really actually has a future, and you know he's the same he's the same kind of a dude. If you give him a good quarterback that can throw well, that can actually escape the pressure and actually evade evade being sacked. Believe me, CeeDee Lamb's right up there. I mean, we could very well have Michael Irvin and, Al- and Alvin Harper all over again. If, if-
0: well, CeeDee had a great year, and he showed a lot of potential, but, you know, people know that CeeDee and Cooper are talented. I sort of think we're missing the mark here. We need to be talking about how Michael Gallup is a drop machine and is sort of an abominably bad receiver and regressed totally and really shouldn't even have a spot on the team unless he can prove it.
1: I mean, I respect Gallup, yo, but yes, you're absolutely right. He had that great game against Philadelphia, but today he was. I mean, he probably made one or two catches, but really we didn't see anything out of him. But.
0: Forget Philly. I'm talking about 16 games of fraud. This guy is panhands. He's a drop machine. He can't be trusted. He needs to be moved to corner. Shit, the Cowboys' secondary is so bad, it might be better having Gallup out there panhanding balls off of the enemy receiver's hands. It's just terrible to watch. And I'm so happy they got Lamb because as much as he regressed Gallup, it's very good to think that we had the number one receiver prospect out of last year's draft on our team because this is a team that could very well be looking at having no second receiver if not for that, and Cooper just being doubled very easily.
1: In that case, really, I, I think next year is Michael Gallup's last year. I mean, assuming that he's on a, he's on a four-year rookie deal, which I believe he is, but you know, and I like how you just said, you know, earn your spot. If you want to talk about somebody who's really earned their spot, that's that's Dalton Schultz. I mean...
0: Well, Schultz, Schultz has been okay. We had that Blake Jarwin injury early on. I think Jarwin will be the starter coming back into the beginning of next year. But I'm just sort of at this position with the Cowboys where we know the the, the offensive weapons, you know, except for Dak, I suppose, are sort of known quantities and the defense is pretty much awful across the board and going into next season it doesn't bode well for them even being able to win 8 games in this shitty division
1: yeah, i mean i don't see like i don't see dallas being a 12 and 4 13 3 team uh, next year i mean it, well, it, but, over yeah. under
0: 9 wins over under 9 yeah, wins yeah, realistically 9 and 7 so, is
1: an- the best scenario
0: well answer the question do you think they'll get over under 9 wins no Well, over or under? Under. Okay. Because the the defense defense is
1: bad. The defensive line, we still can't get a damn pass rusher. We still can't force enough turnovers. We still can't... Okay, you know, here's what pisses me off the most. We can't stop with the goddamn penalties, for God's sake.
0: Lots of unforced errors, bad coaching in general. And I think Demarcus Lawrence is one of the most overrated players in the NFL. This is a guy who... I think, mainstream commentators, a guy like Joe Buck who will come in and do the Cowboy games every now and then, he'll see this big name, Demarcus Lawrence, and he'll know like from the pregame report, like, oh yeah, this is like one of their quote-unquote stars. Like Anytime he even gets a hurry, everyone wants to mention him. But he just doesn't put up the quality numbers that a guy that is considered top tier and has the other issues that he has should put up.
1: I mean the same scenario with Zeke Elliott. He got paid and Lawrence has not been able to provide enough for us.
0: And they get equal amounts of undeserved credit. I think one of the most interesting things about the Cowboys is how they have so many overrated players on the team. With Lawrence and Zeke and Dak, the amount of dick ride and credit that these guys get is so ridiculously undeserved because they're just so much worse than their peers. I mean,
1: just Marcus Lawrence is finishing this year with six and a half sacks.
0: It's not good enough.
1: No, it totally this isn't.
0: Is, this is a guy that's considered a pure pass rusher, a liability on rush defense.
1: I mean, on a positive note, it's uh, it's more sacks than he had last year. But...
0: Exactly. That's <laughs> that's, that's not a positive note. That actually makes it worse.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not the. the I mean, we need the Demarcus Lawrence we saw in two thousand seventeen. The one that got close to 15 sacks, you know, if we're t- you know, and you, if you want to talk about somebody who's overrated, you know, I hate to say this, but Jalen Smith has kind of proved that as well.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people were sort of infatuated with his story, and he played really hard, and in a defense full of people that is literally afraid to hit people, Jalen Smith being all over the field and really trying to make plays constantly is very uplifting. But when Van Der Esch was hurt, it was pretty much all up to him to just try to 1v11. (laughs) (laughs) And to be honest, it was sort of like if any time the other team got their automatic six yards, it would be Smith that finally stopped them. So I can see why he got credit.
1: As far as uh, Van Der Esch goes, you know, know, he's officially Sean Lee 2.0.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been saying forever.
1: I hate saying this, but you know it's the damn truth the dude can't stay healthy
0: well the real the real shame will be when he has that next severe injury and he just announces his retirement that'll be brutal well if he
1: if he announces the retirement then you know then, then you know it's not only that he was strongly 2.0 but he was officially a bust
0: well i don't know it's a little different
1: yeah i mean as far you know if there was a play on defense i was i probably loved watching the most or i was you know I should have said, really made an impression. It's really Trayvon Diggs.
0: I, mean, uh, dude, I don't. I dude, disagree. Dude, I, think, came back. I think that the entire secondary was garbage. And I've never seen football players look so utterly unenthused to fucking make a tackle. These guys look like the other team was wearing, like, spiked armor. The secondary just couldn't do anything. And I know I made fun of him all the time, but my God, it made me miss Jeff Heath. The heavy hitter that we needed, like a Jeff Heath in the secondary, because the secondary guys were soft.
1: I mean, that's absolutely right. He's playing with the Raiders right now.
0: What a bummer that is!
1: Yeah, such a bummer indeed. And I mean, as far as Trayvon Diggs go, I mean, I'll admit he's really good for his rookie year. You know, he's actually the the season a team high of three interceptions. So, and playing in eleven games, so it's amazing how. He missed time to do an injury, but he still is able to get the most uh, interceptions of the game. And I really think th- the dude's going to be okay uh, going on in the future, as long as he stays healthy. But, but since we're going to sum up the whole entire defense, I- I- Mike Nolan has to be fired.
0: Oh, if, get rid of him!
1: I mean, make the announcement tonight. I mean, as soon as as soon as they land back in DFW, whatever you know what, or at least by early tomorrow morning, we have to an- they have to make the announcement. The dude has to be fired.
0: Should have been fired at fucking halftime. He's a fraud.
1: I mean, he is. But but the question is, I mean if if he is fired, who who's the guy to take it bring in?
0: It doesn't matter. Like you like obviously there's someone better. You know what? I'll give you a name, Rex Ryan. Rex fucking Ryan. There's a name for you. Well Guy with some a, style.
1: Yes, he does, but unfortunately that's a pipe dream, Wiley. Mm. Because number one, he I don't think he's ever gonna accept a job that, that's not <clears throat> if 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 there's a a coaching position that he probably wants more than anything—it's the head co- head coaching position, okay. But you know, if he's if he's if, bro- if, if he does actually accept the, the defensive coordinator job, you know, I'll come here and I'll actually say, "Well, I doubted Wiley." Now, meaning my words, I'll, I'll admit that I'm wrong. But Re- now, Rex Ryan's a good name. I agree with you. He, he's certainly well. You want you
0: you wanted a name, so I dropped the name. Obviously, it's unlikely. But if if you if you want a name, there's a name. <laughs> I can't give you one of these, like, fly-by-night, like, up-and-comers. Like, I think they should get an established guy that knows what he's doing. Or Mike McCarthy should handpick someone he really likes. But uh, how, like, can you, do you remember how many years Kellen Moore got? Please tell me it was, like, two or less. Oh, on the deal? Yes.
1: I don't know exactly. I mean, the, the sources said it was multiple. So multiple usually means at least two or three.
0: That's just wretched. It sure the is. The Cowboys are doomed. You know, and,
1: and I don't care. Kellen Moore still needs to relinquish the play-calling duties. Fine, keep him, but you know what? He needs to learn. Give the play-calling duties back to Mike McCarthy. The guy has to learn. You know, even if he took the head coaching position at Boise State, that would have been a huge mistake on there. And the dude's young. He needs to learn. He needs to build. He needs to to develop.
0: Well, the, the really frustrating thing about the Cowboys losing today is not that they— Missed out on playoffs where they were going to get slaughtered by Tampa. It's that the future of the Cowboys is so ridiculously bleak with the Dak Prescott situation, with the Morris situation, with Zeke not trying, the line falling to pieces, and the defense being bad. Things are fucked six ways from Sunday, Alex.
1: Yes, sir, indeed. So now that we've covered the offense and the defense, you know, offense fraud, defense fraud. Special, yep. special teams, well, okay, Greg Zerline, you know, missed a couple of kicks, but.
0: He was but, passable. He was yeah. above average. Greg Zerline, you know, certainly. But remember, this is Greg the leg. This is yeah. supposed to be, like, your top-notch, big-dick, heavy-hitting kicker. Like, he's merely been passable. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So, overall, the Cowboys this year, fraud, fraud, fraud. And this is not going to make any sense, but I'm just going to have to go and say it. Fraud on a god tier level. That means they are more than frauds. They are pathetic.
0: <laughs> d minus, 3 out of 10. Just a disgusting performance. Albeit w- about what I expected. You know, being a hardcore Texas Ranger fan sort of prepares you for levels of ineptitude that shouldn't be possible. So, I've really rolled with the punches this season.
1: Yes. <sighs> So, as far as coaching staff changes, aside from Mike Nolan, um, obviously you and I both want to kill him or gone, but that's not going to happen. Uh, as far as coaching goes, uh, anybody else you think needs to be gone?
0: Well, I mean, obviously you're not going to get rid of McCarthy after one weird COVID year when he has a four year deal, so I, I wouldn't get rid of him anyway, but no, I wouldn't name drop anyone else. But, the, I mean, the, with Cowboys bringing back Dak potentially to a multi-year deal and Kellen Morton a multi-year deal, they're not going to make the playoffs for the next three years, like, for sure.
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you because, you know, look, it's the it's the fucking NFC lease. Any, anything could happen. I guess, to be clear, we're going to say the Cowboys are not going to be a god-tier team within the next few years. I mean, okay, if you want to talk about a god-tier status as far as the Cowboys, I'm sorry, but as long as Jerry Jones is around, it will not happen.
0: Well, I mean, like, I don't expect God here. I just want him to make the playoffs and maybe, like, in an NFC title game, for Christ's sake.
1: I, I totally understand, but I know how bad you and I want the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl again. Okay, and I've said this before. Okay, because you know all those 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 dumb fans every year. It's the same thing that comes out of their mouth. Oh, we're gonna get it done this year. Don't worry, we're gonna win it this year. I'm like, guys, what? Why? Why do you think we're gonna win it this year? Because we have talent, like we've had talent for so many fucking years, it's, it goes to waste, okay? Because we have a we have an idiot GM who's too stubborn to actually give the position to somebody who actually needs to work it better, who can, or who can work it better. It's been like this for twenty five fucking years. What makes you think it's gonna change now? And they well, have no, good- and they have no answer. They just look at me and smile. They they shrug their damn shoulders, like you see. That's the embarrassing part. You say that, but you have no answer to back up your facts.
0: Well, you have to consider this, man. <laughs> There's really no shame in the Cowboys missing out on Trevor Lawrence because Kellen Moore would have just ruined him anyway.
1: You know, it's probably true, but really, even though uh, my friend Josh, who was on the show, pitched uh, a certain scenario of trading this year's first-round pick and next year's, along along with Dak Prescott, to get Trevor Lawrence, I said it's a pipe pipe dream, but it's a good suggestion. It, It just won't happen, but... Yeah you know, right. I mean the fact that Kelmore is still make okay, every now okay, Kellymore will make good plays. I'll give him that. He does make good plays sometimes. But the problem is there's still a lot there's still a lot of the conservative play calling in him. I mean it's not working. Okay, you don't run the ball when it's third and fourteen, okay? <laughs> I mean you don't punt the ball when you're deep in your own side and you're down by like twenty fucking points, okay? Or 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 at least or you don't fake the punt. You remember that play?
0: Yes, of course.
1: And we're like, you know, This sort a
0: disaster, like I know you're trying to give him a fair shake, but there's no creativity as far as like formations or gadget plays. There is an inconsistency within the team as far as ability to score with the weapons given. There is an inconsistency to get the beat going on an obviously run-first team. Like they they moved away from the bootleg, which was so successful in 2016. Like, what what credit can I give Kellen Moore? It's like well, they don't have the worst offense in the league. Well, yeah, but they were supposed to have like a top seven offense with all the fucking weapons they have with the line and Lamb and Gallup and Zeke and fucking Cooper and that. This is supposed to be a high-flying offense and it's like they're merely passable. They get most of the yards when the game is out of their hands and they're an insurmountable disadvantage. Like, he doesn't deserve credit for that. He's been a failure and it's been more of the same and it disgusts me.
1: It, it that's why it's so difficult to, you know, to, to say those kinds of things. Like, it's true. I mean, yeah, I find the ways to give the credit where it's due. But overall, Kellen Moore has been a failure.
0: Of course he has. If, if and you guys got a offended. fucking extension. Welcome to being a Cowboys yeah. fan. I mean,
1: if you're offended by what I'm saying, well, I mean, I'm sorry. What? I mean, what do you want me to say? What, you want me to just sit here and lie? I mean, come on. Like, guys, it's about the results on the field, okay? Fine, I get it. He's a nice guy, fine. But I don't care whether he's nice or he's mean, okay? I don't give a damn about that. I want the results on the field. That's what it's about, okay? Wiley talked about this before. Have we forgotten how important winning is? I mean, it's about the win. We're not winning games, okay? That's why we suck. We suck because we can't win games, okay? Because we can't get somebody to actually do the damn job right, okay? And the problem is... You know, th- there's an owner that doesn't see it like that. I mean, he had that relationship with Jason Garrett for so long. And I would have asked Jerry Jones, sir, a, a, a businessman as successful as you who used to work in oil and gas training, have you forgotten that the number one rule in business, it's it's not personal, it's business? Like, who cares? If he's not doing his job, you have to fire your best friend. If he hates you for it, then fine, you move on. Okay? It was less,
0: It was less about them being friends and it was more about him just being a completely subservient puppet. Thus, to fire him would be to admit Jerry's own incompetence. It was way less about friendship than that.
1: Yeah, which you know is here's the explanation: as long as Jerry Jones is around, the Cowboys are not going to be Super Bowl material. I'm well, sorry. <laughs>
0: that's that's almost certainly true, but we know like the the statements about the team and Dak and stuff like yeah, those are really true. Yeah,
1: but you know, but going back to uh. Keeping Coach McCarthy. Look, you're right. It's you know it's one year, and believe me, you know. Let's not forget his first year in Green Bay was actually pretty bad, and his next year he he managed to take the Packers to, to the NFC Championship. Now, I don't know if it's. I mean, obviously, it's very unlikely that he's going to he's going to take Dallas to the NFC Championship next year. But you know, McCarthy. You know, with all, with all the COVID crap, you know, he couldn't have mini camp. He couldn't do the training camp. You know, the way it's always done. But, look, it's a cheap excuse, I get it, okay? I mean, you and I, will never know what it's like to be a head football coach, especially for America's team. But- Let me go ahead and
0: just venture and guess and say that the Mike McCarthy era will be remembered as one where the Cowboys brought in a guy with a big name that was clearly, like, over the hill or behind the times as far as the meta goes. And then, like, oh, yeah, shocker, he was a failure, Cowboys, LOL. My my words, like, when his contract ends, that's how people are going to remember him. I don't think that, like, at any point, the McCarthy ship is going to be turned around. They just fucking re-signed Moore. They're probably going to give Dak a pity contract. Yeah, it's going to suck. And, like, maybe McCarthy, like, if this crap didn't happen with Moore and Dak, brings in his own guys, McCarthy probably wins nine games next season. Who knows, but It ain't popping with Dak.
1: Let me guess, Wiley. And in 2022, if the Cowboys are 0 and 7, 0 and 8, McCarthy's fired. Let me guess. Does Kellamore get promoted to the head coaching position?
0: Hmm. Well, Alex, that sounds like some sort of terrible nightmare.
1: I mean, that's the nightmare I'm afraid of. And you know what? And of course, people are saying Alex is a total idiot for coming with this kind of crap. You know what? This is realistic. Okay, I mean, if if you think Jerry I'm an idiot for do
0: something that stupid, that is completely I mean, within the possibility. I mean, look,
1: everybody's entitled to their opinions, but if you think I'm an idiot for telling the truth or for putting these realistic you know, scenarios out there with, with a guy, uh, with a good friend of mine who's as smart as me, who went to, who I went to school with, who's actually a journalist just like I am, an actual journalist. But look, and you know, and you know what? The mistake they made. Okay, they only hired. You know, they only, had, they only interviewed two guys for the head coaching position. It was Mike McCarthy and, uh... Troy <laughs> Well, some fans actually wanted that. It was actually Marvin Lewis, but,
0: um... Oh, my God! Oh, can you imagine how awful that would have been? Jesus Christ. I mean, Christ.
1: I can imagine, although it, it, it makes it feel a little bit bad, because Marvin Lewis is, is definitely one of the greatest defensive minds, but... Uh, it's, it's, most people say it's because his schemes and his kind of thing is kind of old school. But overall, his resume is respectable, and I respect him. But the bottom line is, if you – oh, but I understand, like, because McCarthy had interviews lined up with the Jets and the Browns, I think. So the Cowboys really, – and the Cowboys wanted him bad, so they decided, you know what, all right, fine, you have the job. So if if Mike Nolan's fired, you have to interview at least three candidates, okay? And don't rush the process, okay? You, you got to understand – you, you, you got to put all the – Options on the table. You gotta weigh out the pros and the cons. Look, here's
0: the here, here's the pro: fire him because he's awful. The con: if you keep him as defensive coordinator, then they could get the first overall pick. Oh wait, that's a pro too.
1: Exactly because you know, and, and I should have I should have realized this. You know, as I was saying, the Cowboys are just you know are not gonna lose any games. Go two and fourteen and have a top five pick. <laughs> what I should have, what I finally realized, and I've said this before, is that top five pe- draft picks are not always a good thing because the Browns, the Jaguars, you know, how, how many times have they had top five draft picks over the years and it hasn't worked for them?
0: Well, they're always a good thing, but they don't always work out. Would be a better way to phrase that. They're not a sure thing.
1: Th- that's a good point. And uh, and w- and what I mean by you know, the, for the de- defensive coordinator position, I mean I know I know we talked about this, and I know that you would never want Wade Phillips back.
0: If, oh, God. I mean, I'm, don't I mean, even float the idea.
1: I mean, obviously, if Mike Nolan's fired, then you know, I, I, I'm pretty, i pretty—I would not be surprised. I'm not going to say I, I'm pretty sure they're going to interview him. I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if they did because, look, I know you don't like Wade Phillips, Wiley, but there's no, denying, there's no denying that since he was fired, he did have some success as a defensive coordinator. Took—you know, won the Super Bowl with the Broncos, you know, took the Rams to the Super Bowl, so— Look, yeah, and
0: lineups full of pro bowlers, he looks pretty good, you're right about that. Yeah. And you know what, he's a passable defensive coordinator, he's an idiot head coach. There are a lot of people like that in the NFL, like Romeo Cornell, who are like good coordinators but don't know shit about being a head coach. Adam Gase, except he was never good at either.
1: Yeah, exactly, so, so as far as Wade Phillips goes, you know, if he's hired as a defensive coordinator... If they did the process I did, it. if they interviewed several candidates and rushed the process, I'm like, okay, well, I know things didn't go well last time Wade was here, but you know what? That was ten years ago. He's got, he's had some success then. He's done some changes in his in his defensive coordinator mind. That's why you know that's that's why that's why he's won two. That's why he won a Super Bowl and went to another. It, it's obviously made changes, okay? And any under, and he, you know, he, he's the son of a of a legendary coach. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows football. So if Wade Phillips is hired. I know that you won't be happy, but really, at the end of the day, let's give the man a chance.
0: Well, Alex, it's just unfortunate that the disgusting stench of losing has seeped into your brain to the extent where you floated the idea of bringing Wade Phillips back. I think it's a time to officially end the episode before you float the idea of Quincy Carter being the offensive coordinator. Okay,
1: yet. whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, now you're taking this goddamn thing out of context. I would never want Quincy Carter as the offensive coordinator, and you know what? I don't think he has any interest in it, okay? And I didn't say <laughs> I want Wade Phillips to be hired. I said if he does, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'll accept it and say, fine, let's see what he can do,
0: okay? Said, you you got to respect him. Do I, though? Do I? <laughs> After what he did in Dallas? I can acknowledge on defenses with players like Vaughn Miller, he won a Super Bowl. Oh, also, by the way, one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history. Like, oh, I can acknowledge that he went to the Super Bowl and lost with a team full of pro bowlers, Aaron Donald, these sort of players. And, yeah, big deal. Big deal. I don't ever want to see Wade Phillips in Dallas, ever.
1: All right, well, that's your opinion, and I respect it, okay? But if you, okay, if you want to let if you want to talk about me letting losing seep into my mind, I w- that would be true if I said my Carol needs to stay. This dude deserves it. Oh, dude, more dude. Oh, I'm he's he's staying here. I'm so happy. Okay, so you are wrong. I did not let the losing seep in my head, Wiley. I'm not stupid. You know me better than anyone.
0: Well, let me just say this. I think that <laughs> it's just a shame we weren't doing this show for the last like ten years or fifteen years. Because if there was a VOD of this show, of an episode where Wade Phillips got fired, you and me would be over the moon, and we would be so happy about it. It would be just like the Jason Garrett episode, and I would love to link you back to that episode and say, look how much you hated Wade Phillips, and look how much anguish he brought you. I feel like you're not really remembering or you're underestimating how like awful the the losing was and how, like, similar to Jason Garrett it was, and just miserable.
1: Well, look, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. But it's like I said, the, the whole drama with Wade Phillips was ten years. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator in 2009, and, and the defense was actually pretty solid. Okay, so it's not like his entire defensive scheme in Dallas was terrible yeah, overall. Yeah, we've, we've but, already agreed
0: yeah. he's a good coordinator. You okay. don't have to be a dead but at, horse.
1: But at the end of the day, it just seems that as far as Wade Phillips goes, you disagree with me, and I respect that, Wiley. You know that. I'm not a kind of guy that's going to... Flip you like, flip, like, through the under the freaking bus. I mean, and I,
0: and why would you? It is a talk show after all.
1: Yeah, it's about you know, don't always agree, but at least you're explaining and putting your point through. And that's why I'm happy to announce, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, I should thank everybody who's been listening because Cowboys Talk yesterday surpassed 13,000 downloads. Excellent. So, once again, to all the loyal listeners out there, I thank you so very, very much for your support. More content will be coming soon, and don't worry. Even in the offseason, there, there will be at least two, three episodes of Cowboys Talk each week. I can guarantee you that.
0: Each week or each month?
1: Each week. I'm going to try to get, get to that goal because I want to keep the energy alive. I don't wanna, I'm afraid of suffering something called, you know, it's like writer's block. I don't want to lose my focus, but I'm not going to rush it. So I'd like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available <sighs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Please subscribe, please rate. Wiley, thank you so very much for joining me today. I know that today's been a frustrating day, but I hope everything's going well.
0: You know, rate the podcast five stars, leave a comment on the YouTube video that says easy. That's how I do. Easy.
1: Easy. Have a good day, ladies and gentlemen.